Good afternoon, everyone, and you're listening to Looking Up. My name is Sharissa Tarosian, and I'm here, of course, with Pastor Danny Milenkov. Welcome, Danny. Thank you. <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah, and we're both here with our wonderful producer, Shell. Now, we want to give you some details in case you'd like to connect with us during this program. Uh, if you'd like to call us and you have a question or a comment at any point, you can call the number 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669. And actually, we're going to do something special at the end of the program. We will have a special prayer. So if anybody that's listening has a request that you would like prayer for, please text us on the number 0491-064-669, your prayer request, and we would be honored to pray with you at the end of the program today. But we've got so much to talk about again. Oof, wow, is it? <laughs> yeah, just never, never stops, does it? And it feels like it's picking up more and more pace every week. It's, it's truly a wonderful time to be looking up and looking to Jesus at this time in earth's history. Amen. Yeah, so uh, since we last met, have you had a good week? Yes, I've had a blessed week, Sharissa. It's been a wonderful week. Uh, our church currently is in the midst of a week of prayer. Wonderful. And so I have enjoyed just spending more time with God. I've encouraged the church family to spend more time with God, to go on a media detox, mm-hmm. you know, just to you know put a pause on, on the news and movies and Netflix and Facebook and Twitter and, and everything of the like and, um, and, in, and spend more time with Jesus, you know, Amen. Um, in prayer and in his word and coming together. We've been coming together every single night between seven and eight at the church and praying. Wonderful. Because yeah, we really need to pray. So um we're going to talk a lot of a lot more about that today, aren't we? Yeah, we've got a really exciting Bible study coming up. If you've been trekking along the journey with us, we're in the book of Daniel, and today we'll be continuing in Daniel chapter 3. And uh, before we get to Daniel chapter 3, we will also talk about some current events, and the headlines just keep shouting at us that <sighs> Man, we're alive, thick and fast, like a tsunami, like yeah. a tsunami. We are in end times, that's Mm. for sure. And uh, so, look, my week has been good. I actually got to go to Port Macquarie on the weekend. Oh, that's where I used to live for seven years. Beautiful place. Yeah, it is beautiful. So we went to Lighthouse Beach, I think. That's right, that's right. And uh, it was a good time. But look, uh, it's good to be back and really excited to have you joining us. So we hope you enjoy this next song. It's called Oh, the Deep Love of Jesus. And then we'll be back with more.
what an epic song and a welcome introduction to the next part of our program. You're listening to Looking Up and we're so glad that you are with us because as we look around us, we see that fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up and that's why we're here amen so pastor danny you know we like to spend in this part of our program time talking about current events and what's happening in the world and yeah i guess you've been detoxing a bit from the news but there's still not enough not (laughs) enough three days is not enough detox to be completely um you know completely i guess what set apart from from what's going on in the world to be detached there's just been so much going on and for me for me my biggest concern is not so much um just taking a look at the news for the sake of the news uh people are aware of the news uh we're bombarded with the news, but my interest is in the news that has prophetic significance, and that's mm, good, and that's and that's the take that we take on this program. So you know, there's there is a news program where they deliver news differently. I understand mm-hmm. uh, a Channel Ten news program, whereas uh, we deliver news from a prophetic point of view. And so if it's, uh, if it has prophetic implications, we will share it on looking up. If it doesn't, uh, we certainly won't. So you'll never hear us discussing the state of origin. Um, <laughs> as important as that may be, or the AFL grand final, or the cricket, um, or the Olympics, or whatever, you know, as important as those events might be to some of our listeners, um, but they have really minimal or zero prophetic significance. Um, so unless it's someone like Israel Folau and he happens to have a uh, a run-in with, uh, you know, uh, with with the Australian Rugby Union over his comments on on what he considers to be appropriate and inappropriate sexual relations based on scripture. Unless it's something like that, you're not going to really hear us talking um, sport. That's right. So it's very relevant to the end times and to what what God's word says about them. That's, That's what we're right. talking about. That's exactly right. So on that note and with that foundation, is there anything that stood out to you? And I guess kind of alluded to this last week, but yeah, what's happened in the news of significance that our listeners should be aware of? Okay, well, um, if I could just uh, preempt what I'm about to say by, um, by what Jesus shared in Matthew 24. Um, and also in Luke chapter 17. In Matthew 24, and we've looked at this in the past, and it's probably good if we revisit that chapter again one of these days, Jesus there outlines the signs of the times. He outlines the signs that would precede the destruction of Jerusalem, which took place in 70 AD, and he connects those same signs um, on a global level as to what's going to take place at the end of time before he returns. And he gives a lot of signs there. He talks about wars, rumors of wars, and... Um, and religious persecution, he talks about natural disasters, um, the love of many grown cold, so on and so forth. But there is one sign, and I've actually done a six-part sermon series on this, so I have a big interest in this, where he talks about the sign of Noah, mm. the days of Noah. He said, as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be when the Son of Man returns. And I believe we have entered well and truly the days of Noah. In the days of Noah, there are many things going on, but one of the key one of the key reasons why the flood came about was the social depravity 
of humanity and society. So the bedrock of society, which is marriage and the family, was torn apart, that was falling apart, and everything else followed. And so what's happening in the news is we are seeing a steady and uh, and now I would say a fast-moving deterioration of those bedrock values that that are the well-being of every and any society that have been part for the last six millennia. Yes, a good observation because as goes the home or as goes the family, so goes the society. Exactly right. So what we had in Victoria, and we talked about this um, over the last couple of weeks, in Victoria, um, I mean, I'm I'm a Victorian. I was born in Victoria and the most uh, dark day, and I'm not just saying this, um, just wanting to use some kind of, you know, language, um, but the darkest day in Victorian history happened last Thursday um, at 10.30 in the evening when this bill um, was passed. Uh, This bill, the Change or Suppression Conversion Practices Prohibition Bill 2020, that basically outlaws and legislates against those who are willing to stand by biblical principles and those who are willing to teach in harmony with with, uh, what God gave at the very beginning of time when he created humanity. Mm, amen. Actually, uh, is there anything else you want to add on this? Oh, no, you, you can share. Anything. I just wanted to share that this this um, from an article. It's a blog post posted on the Daily Declaration, and it says the title of it says Presbyterian Church of Australia is set to defy gay conversion bill. And I just want to read to you a paragraph from this because I think it's quite remarkable. In response to the bill, the moderator general of the Presbyterian Church of Australia, Reverend Dr. Peter Barnes, has requested that all Presbyterian ministers, quote, preach the whole counsel of God. And he's quoting from Acts chapter 20, verses 26 and 27, end quote. And he says, preach not only that all sex outside of marriage between a man and a woman is sinful, but that all Christians should actively seek to pray for LGBTI people to turn away from both their behavior and desires. That's a very wow. strong stand that he's it taken. Is. But God bless him because the Bible says, you know, gives us clear counsel that when the law of the land or the laws of man cross the laws of and designs of God, we ought to obey God rather than man. That's Acts chapter 5. That's right. And, uh, and the apostles were, were very clear were very clear when when they came up against uh, laws that directly went against the command of Jesus Christ. And we have to remember that marriage and the family, we shared this earlier, and um, and this is worth sharing over and over again, but marriage and the family is the bedrock of a healthy and a happy and a prosperous society. And so when you start meddling with marriage and the family, when you when you begin um, bringing in legislation that directly attack that directly attacks parental rights um, that have been foundational since the beginning of time in how they educate their children with the morals and the values and the ethics that they believe are right in the best interest of their children and their growth. When you start meddling with that, you are looking for trouble. And I think of. I mean, the, the Bible is, is, is filled with, um, pages and pages of what happens when God's people turn away from God's plans, God's counsels, God's laws. They reap havoc. Yes. It's, it's just sad. We, we see it from Adam and Eve. Yes. You know, they, they moved away from God's clear command. Uh, they're in the Garden of Eden 
and sin, suffering, and sorrow was the result. And so this is not going to go well for our society. And um, uh, I'm just, yeah, I'm just very sad. And sadly, yes. this is, this is, I guess, the beginning of, of things deteriorating even further. And that's why Jesus will be coming soon. Yeah, it's, it's incredible to think that the government would dictate what we can tell God. <laughs> like he's dictating how you can pray and also that it would reach into the family unit and say mm. that parents cannot even pray with their children on such matters. That's a yeah. huge overreach of government. And you look not just even at Bible history, but world history outside of Bible history, all of this kind of overreach always leads to tyranny. So it's not a good thing. It's, it's interesting because we have, we have um, moved away from the foundations of our democracy uh, Australia um, and and much of the Western world, if not all of the Western world, is built on the democracy that was the experiment. And we've talked about the United States of America. And the very first uh, amendment, you know, in their Bill of Rights is that, you know, the Congress or, or Parliament shall make no law, you know, to establish religion or prohibit the free exercise thereof. Mm. Um, and so when the government says that you're not allowed to pray for someone from the LGBT community who comes to you. So it's not someone that you're going to. You're not going to go knocking on their door, but they are coming to you. They're asking for prayer. They're asking They're asking to seek to live their lives in harmony with God's will. They, they want counsel. Uh, they want assistance. Um, as to, as to how they can live more in line with God's will for their lives. And you're not allowed to do that. That's a criminal offense. It's crazy. When that happens, we're at the end of the road. And, yeah, um, and, and that's not the only law on the table. Well, that's, that's already come through now, but now there's something in South Australia. Yeah. Well, talk about, <laughs> you know, talk, talk, talk about what's happening in South Australia. There's a, there's a, an abortion bill there. And I've been tracking this as well. You know, they they refer to it as I think the original. I think the the official name is termination of pregnancy bill 2020. Um, it's already passed uh, one level, and it's now um, uh, going to be debated in the other house. I'm not sure if it's the the upper house or the lower house, but anyway, it's going to be debated in the other chamber. And so this is looking to extend um, what is permissive or, or what is permitted regarding abortion all the way up until birth and um and some are suggesting even even up up even birth itself and uh so they already have very um very liberal uh abortion laws in that um an abortion can take place up to 28 weeks wow. which is not which is wow. not the way up up until 28 weeks and we have babies that have survived at 22, 24 weeks, so the baby can survive. So they've got up until 28 weeks, but they want to make it all the way to the end. Now, so, um, yeah, Christians have been marching. There were about 5,000 or so Christians that marched in Adelaide. And once again, um, the biblical implication is that when we no longer have a respect um, and value the preciousness of life, and God alone gives life, uh, the Bible is very clear on that. When when we when we are not protecting our most vulnerable, then we are, yeah we're at the end of the road once again. Once again, what what does it boil down to? Family, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. children, and you know we've made a you know the world has made a big deal about COVID, and it is a big deal, and I'm not diminishing that in any way. Um, I'm not sure. Maybe two million people have died uh, due to COVID um, in the last twelve months. Last year, 42 million abortions took place worldwide, Hmm. 42 million. There were 10 million people 
that died of heart disease or cancer and 5 million that died of heart disease or cancer. I'm not sure which one. I can't exactly remember. That's 15 million from heart disease and cancer. But no one gives you those statistics on the news. 42 million um, innocent lives. Um, Yeah, were extinguished. That's incredible. I was thinking too that just looking a bit abroad and thinking about strange things happening in government and legislation and if we look over the pond (laughs) to America, um, yeah, just this morning I think they voted that uh, the Senate said that they would go ahead with Trump's impeachment trial, which is strange too because he's not even in power at the moment. He's not even the president, but they're going to impeach him anyway. Yeah. yeah, well, whether or not that goes through, wait, we'll have to wait and see. But these are strange times, end times, and important times to be sure that our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, to all those who are listening, uh, this is a time to, to really get in the Word, um, to be established on the Word, to spend time in prayer and uh you know, we're talking about Daniel, and, you know, we've both concluded that Daniel chapter 1, verse 8 is really the, the foundational scripture for the whole book. And there it says, you know, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He purposed in his heart that he would be true to God, to his word. And that's what we're going to be looking at today. You know, not so much Daniel, but Daniel's three friends mm, who who I'm made excited. a stand. <laughs> yeah, so that really fits in with um, what we've been talking about. So we're, we're living in a time, and things are only going to be ramped up even more. We're living in a time when um, everything that will be Everything that is to be shaken will be shaken. And uh, that God is looking for people who are going to stand up for the truth, though, as one author put it, though the heavens fall, you know. True to the true to duty as the needle is to the pole. So God is looking for people who are going to be faithful, like Daniel and his friends at the end of time, who are not going to succumb. And if that means, you know, jail awaits, well, so be it, you know. Um, there are many today. Sharissa that are that are rendering that are ending up in jail um, or worse because of their uh, faith and trust in Jesus Christ and His words. So, um, according to Paul, he says, you know, you know, he rejoiced, and he rejoiced to be able to suffer like Christ. So we'll see where everything goes, but yeah, serious mm-hmm. times ahead, and but exciting times because Jesus is coming soon. Amen, amen. I, well, I've really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm looking forward to where we're going next. Because after the break, we're coming back, and we're going to begin our Bible study mm, on Daniel amen. chapter three. I think you set it up really well with what's happening in the world. This chapter just takes on brand new and fresh significance. So, uh, stay with us, and we're about to listen to Michael Card. I will bring you home. What? 
time reaches fullness, when I move my hand, I will bring you home, home to your own place in a You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. If you're making a road trip up the coast, pop in just off the highway to New Sart Juice at 45 William Street, Raymond Terrace. Grab yourself a fresh healthy, juice or smoothie, and check out the op shop while you wait. And remember, every day is a fresh new start. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Master's Hand. What a great song. Well, it's perfectly set the table, the table, not the stable, <laughs> set the table for our Bible study. So we hope that if you have a Bible handing, that you don't hesitate to pick it up and join us as we step through. We're up to Daniel chapter 3, and I'm excited because it's very relevant to right now, and there's so much in this. So maybe, Pastor Danny, did you want to open with prayer? Love to. Thank you, Sharissa. Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much for this opportunity of opening your word. It's always a privilege and a joy, but it's also a a, a holy, high calling and experience to open your word and to share it with others. So as we open your word, Father, open our hearts and our minds that we all may be ready and willing to receive what your Holy Spirit has to share with us is, is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'll begin maybe reading verse 1. And we can talk about it and then just keep stepping through like we always do the chapter. So the Bible says in in Daniel chapter 3 verse 1, Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold whose height was 60 cubits and its width 6 cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. So here's the... It's the, the table setting verse, I guess. Not the table. <laughs> not the table. Stable, not the stable not the setting. Stable, <laughs> the table. Uh, what do we need to note in this verse, do you think? Well, I think here we have um, an introduction that connects with the previous chapter. Correct. Because we have here Nebuchadnezzar uh, making an image of gold. In the previous chapter, Sharissa, we discovered that God gave King Nebuchadnezzar a dream And in that dream, uh, there was an image, and uh, that image was made up of different metals that represented different kingdoms from the days of Babylon and King Nebuchadnezzar's Babylon that he had built um, or built up. It's called the, we call it the Neo Babylonian Empire, all the way through to the end of time when Jesus comes and sets up his kingdom. And it's interesting that in Daniel chapter two, the head of gold represents Babylon. Mm Um, and so uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, he was, he was ruthless. Uh, we, we, we get that, you know, we understand that from chapter 2. Um, you know, he was ready to take off, you know, he was ready to liquidate his entire cabinet 
um, all his wise men if they couldn't tell him what he dreamed and what the interpretation was. So he was a very ruthless, very tough and rough individual monarch, as many of them were back then. And so, so King Nebuchadnezzar, he's like, I've got news for you, God. I've got news for you. My kingdom is not going to be just the head of gold, Mm -hmm. but my kingdom is going to be gold all the way through. My kingdom will never end. In other Mm -hmm. words, by by erecting this image, um, and by the way, in case our listeners are wondering um, how how tall this image was, uh, a cubit is basically a foot and a half. Mm -hmm. So you're looking at um, from the tip of your 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 finger as you have your hand outstretched all the way to your elbow. That 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 was a cubit according to scriptures. So we're looking at uh, an image here that is ninety feet high, or about thirty meters, or about thirty meters. Oh, yeah, yeah, thirty nine meters. Stories, thirty meters. That's right. That's right. By um by about nine feet wide, which is about three meters wide. Mm-hmm. So yeah, all of gold. All wow. of gold. So saying, my kingdom is not going to end. So he's like, you know, God, I appreciate um, your thoughts and your views yep. on history, but I've got news for you, and my kingdom is going to last forever and ever and ever. And I wonder if part of the reason why he wanted to kind of rewrite the future by doing this is because deep down he was afraid because he didn't want to come to an end. Maybe like it was fear that was driving that. And uh, none of us really wants to come to an end. And so he was acting out of his insecurities, acting out of his arrogance and afraid um, that he would do that he would come to an end. Mm. Also, I think, um, you know, right here at the very outset, we have a connection with Revelation. Yes. Uh, we've mentioned this in the past that Daniel and Revelation, they are twins. Uh, um, they go like a hand in a glove. And so here we have you know, 60 cubits and six cubits. And uh, when the, I understand based on um, some commentaries that I have read, that when the depth is not given, um, that the width and the depth are equal. And that would make sense. Wow. You know, so you've got 60 cubits high, six cubits wide, and six cubits deep. You got three sixes there. Wow, I didn't know that one. That's uh, cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And that connects us with Revelation 13 because Absolutely. in Revelation 13, there's an image that is set up and there is the uh, the, na- the number of the beast, which is 666, that yeah. infamous number 666 uh, in Revelation 13, 18. So immediately the reader um, is connecting the story of Daniel 3 with Revelation 13. And as we go along, there are just so many connection points and we'll, we'll, we'll unpack them as we go along. Yeah, good point. And like Nebuchadnezzar's image here in chapter 3, it's a counterfeit of the image that God had already shown him in a dream. And so too in Revelation 13, it's a it's another counterfeit, but it's it's a symbol of man's way, yeah. not God's way. And it's interesting, Sharissa, that um, this same word image, for the first time it appears in Genesis, where it says God created man in his own image. He created them male and female in his own image. So King Nebuchadnezzar is saying, no, I'm not going to allow God to recreate me in his image according to his likeness for his purposes. And an image in scripture represents character. Mm. 
And so King Nebuchadnezzar here is defying the character of God and he wants to set up his own image according to his own likeness for him to be worshipped and that is the very heart of Lucifer who wanted to be worshipped. And so so there's tentacles that flow out of verse 1. Are we ever going to get past <laughs> verse 1? <laughs> you're, my- <laughs> you're saying things and it's sparking more and more thoughts in my mind. Yeah. One last one. Yeah, go for it, go for it. Um, just in the previous chapter, chapter 2, you will remember that Nebuchadnezzar said in verse 47 to Daniel, Truly your God is the God of gods, the Lord of kings, and the revealer of secrets, since you could reveal the secret. By some measure, some would say he's a converted king in chapter mm, 2, but amen. we see there that his conversion was only an intellectual one. Mm. Uh, it hadn't reached his heart because his heart was still not. And that's, converted fruits. and that's really interesting because, um, you know, now that you've mentioned that um, in Daniel chapter 1, when the king examines Daniel and his friends and he finds them um, to, to have far greater ten understanding. Yeah, yeah, 10 times. That's what it says in verse 20 of chapter 1. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in all his realm. Thus Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus. And so we have, we have this king who has evidence, evidence that there is a God in heaven who is supreme and who is the God of gods and the ruler of rulers and he alone is the one to be worshipped. But yet, you know, um, his, his, his decisions are so fickle and it just shows how, how fickle the human heart is and how easily we go back to our mm. old ways and um, that's a lesson for all of us. It really is. We need to be so connected with Jesus through prayer, mm. through the study of his word that we will always not be shaken by the, the pressures that come around us or by the, the trends around us, but we'll keep our eyes focused on him. Good Amen. point. There's one, one more thing. Oh, there's one more. Oh, one more thing right on verse one. We were done. <laughs> Just when you thought it was yes, safe. Slip it in there. Um, now, this is really fascinating. I also discovered this as I was doing some reading, but the Babylonians were the ones that invented um, our... Hexadecimal? Yeah, our understanding of time. They mm. they invented 60 minutes, uh, 60 seconds. I thought that was a Channel 9 program. No. <laughs> well, yes. <laughs> I think Channel 9 got it over there. No, so, they, yeah. so they came up with 60 seconds, 60 minutes, um, 360 degrees. They came up with them because um, uh, 60 uh, was uh, an important number for them and uh, – and so, in fact, you know, 666 is uh, or was very much part of their, their religious system, mm-hmm. um, a very important number. So, um, yeah, maybe we can look at that some other time some more. But, yeah, these, these numbers were significant. So it's not kind of like a random six cubits high, six cubits wide, six cubits deep. It wasn't just, okay, let's, let, let's come up. Let's come up with an image and yeah, might as well be this. No, no, this was very specific to um, commemorate their religious practices, their gods, and um, and so this was yeah, very significant. This is such an amazing study because we're only in verse 1 and there's so much in it. But all right, that's exciting. Good stuff. Verse 2, do you want to read that one? Okay. And King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to gather together the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counselors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces to come to the dedication of the image which King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
Wow. So this is a pretty significant command. Um, I can think of the first reason why I think of it is that um, Nebuchadnezzar, at this time in Earth's history, he has to be the political and economic leader of the world, and now he's advocating himself in this verse to be a spiritual leader also, which is very interesting. Mm, yes, we have. Yeah, we do have uh, a mixing and a mingling of of political and the spiritual um, with this. So should I keep reading? Go ahead. Okay, so the satraps, the administrators, the governors, the counsellors, the treasurers, the judges, the magistrates, and all the officials of the provinces gathered together for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So this is basically the who's who. So everyone, everyone has come, and it could be that uh, the king. Well, we know from we know from ancient history and uh, tablets and and other documents um, that have been discovered that the first half of Nebuchadnezzar's reign was a very tumultuous reign. In that uh, there were a, a number of attempts to um, take him out, coups and so on and so forth, destabilise his government. And so this could be his way of seeking to bring um, his government together. We're not quite sure um, when this took place in his reign. There are different ideas, but I came across one um, suggestion um, based on the Greek text of the Old Testament where it includes that this, that this took place 586 B.C., Oh, really? 586 BC is significant because that's when Jerusalem was destroyed, when the temple was destroyed by, by King Nebuchadnezzar uh, on his third um, attack. Mm. So, yeah, but we don't know, but certainly that's probably what's going on. That's very interesting. You know, I, I just can't help but think as a, as a person who loves God in these times, living in these times that we've just read, this this invitation to this dedication of an image, which is going to no doubt people knew would be worshipped. I'm sure maybe they'd even seen it being built because it oh, was sure. so tall. Um, as a as a Bible, <laughs> they didn't have the Bible. As someone who feared God, they would have a problem with this because of the Ten Commandments. The second commandment, I believe it's the second, it's the second one, commandment, um, forbids worship of idols, straight up. So very interesting. All right, verse 4, shall I read that one? Yep. Then a herald cried aloud, To you it is commanded, O peoples, nations, and languages, that at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, and symphony, with all kinds of music, you shall fall down and worship the gold image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning Fiery furnace. I just read to verse 6, but that's pretty incredible. Mm. So here we have, very clearly as we pointed out earlier, we have, we have um, religion and politics uh, combining. And yes. whenever uh, you know, the church and the state, as we, as, as we like to say, come into bed together, it always, it always um, brings about persecution. And we have that in some nations uh, where there is religious persecution um, of religious minorities. Uh, you have you have um, some Islamic nations that are very hard and tough on that. And I have been in some of those nations and visited 
I won't mention any by name, but uh, yeah, it's it, it, it can be very tough. Um, and yeah, you can be uh, not only discriminated against, but you can also be prosecuted regarding regarding that. So, well, we have that also in China um, and North Korea and, and many other nations. Mm-hmm. So interesting. You know, the other thing that I noticed as we read was the impact, well, the part that music was to play in also bringing about this worship. It's interesting that as they heard the music that they were to fall down and worship. And I just guess I just wanted to highlight that because music has a very powerful I said that wrong. Music is powerful. <laughs> well, it's the universal language, isn't it? It is. That's a good point. It has, a, it has the ability to impact our emotions mm-hmm. and thereby impact our responses to different events. In fact, I have I just got some notes here on my screen. Research has shown that country music fans have the highest uh, suicide rates. So, you know, they also say that they're much happier when you listen to them backwards because um, they get their wife back, their house back, their job back, and they quit drinking. <laughs> so if you listen to country songs backwards, it's better. Oh, but, that's um, funny. I haven't heard that one. Yeah. So look, it's so interesting, the power of music. And of course, when we go shopping, well, I do go shopping. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you do. No, I don't Jenny, know. But I'm allergic. You, <laughs> when you go shopping, some songs make you feel you can buy everything. We'll come back with more. We've got an exciting song coming up. Blair and Emma Lemke singing Stand Up. I think Blair wrote it himself. Stand today, stand up, stand up, 
love that song. Even if you have to face the flames, stand up, stand up. Amen, amen, amen. I love it. All right, well, we are up to verse 7 in an epic study of Daniel chapter 3. And we've just had this universal leader issue a universal command for everyone to bow down and worship when they hear the music playing this golden image that Nebuchadnezzar has set up. We're mm. up to verse 7. We're up to verse 7. Before we read, can, yeah, I, can yeah. I jump in here? Why not? Um, uh, once again, um, yeah, the, the connections and the links with Revelation 13 are just very clear and very obvious in that Revelation 13 is a chapter that um, also entails worship. The word worship appears over and over again. In fact, in Revelation 13 and 14, the very heart of Revelation, the word worship appears eight times um, in those two chapters. Seven in connection with worshipping the beast and his image, um, and only one in connection with worshipping the creator. So at the end of time, worship will be a worldwide issue. Here it's worldwide. It, it, um, the, the worship was to be given by, by all peoples, yep. nations, and languages. Yes. And in Revelation 13, it's worldwide. And in, unless you worship... Uh, in a certain way, and unless you worship the image of the beast, and we'll deal with that on another occasion, you will not be able to buy or sell, and there will even be a death decree. And I won't say any more because we will be getting to that as the as the story goes along. <laughs> so true. All right, so shall I read verse 7? Carry on, yep. So at that time, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, harp, and lyre in symphony with all kinds of music, all the people nations and languages fell down and worshipped the gold image which King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. So, so far, the music's working. (laughs) And by the way, um, it's been pointed out that six instruments are recorded here. I had never noticed that before. So there you have, um, yeah, six again appears, and it appears several other times. All right. Now, here comes the exciting plot twist, verse 8. Do you want to read? Sure. Therefore, at that time, certain Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. That is, we'll discover who they are. They spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, that is, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Where do we start? Well... It's, I like how they begin. O king, live forever. That's one way to butter mm. him up. <laughs> um, and then what do they say? Uh, there's certain Jews. Certain Jews. How many of them? Well, they list three of them. They give their name. You know what fascinates me? Go ahead. These um, these satraps, uh, these uh, religious uh, political uh, leaders in Babylon, Daniel and his friends prayed for them in the previous chapter. Their heads were on the chopping block. That's a good point. Their heads were on the chopping block. Daniel and his friends prayed for them 
and uh, their lives were preserved because of the faithfulness of Daniel and his friends to to you know to the God of heaven and God revealed to Daniel and so their lives were spared and now this is how they repay Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Have mm. mercy. Mm. That's amazing. And you know what's you know is you've got to let your imagination grasp the scene that's being described because we don't even know if. It, we, when I see pictures of paintings people do of this this scene, they always paint the three Hebrews standing together. But we actually don't know if they were standing together. They could have been. That's one a good here, point. I haven't thought about that. One could have been that. over there. One could have been over there. But I guess what this is telling us is that we have to be uh, make our own decisions, not mm. follow the peer pressure, but be willing to stand up, as the song sang was sung just before, and stand alone if we have to to stand for God. Amen. And you know what's fascinating. Um, King Hezekiah, King mm. Hezekiah, he was the last king of, of, of Judah. He was taken captive to Babylon um, in the third siege when uh, Jerusalem was destroyed. Uh, we know that he came back to Jerusalem um, when the captives came back from Babylon. And so even though he's not mentioned by name here, but there's a good chance, there is a very good chance because he was certainly a leader, obviously, who was the king of Judah, that he was there on the plain of Jura. Wow, that's and interesting. And the king of Judah also bowed. Wow. Uh, the know, leader of the people. Some people might be thinking, well, hang on a minute. We're reading the book of Daniel. Where's Daniel? What would you say to them? Where is Daniel? We're not quite sure where Daniel is. That is a good question, and people have asked about that. Um, we're not really quite sure where Daniel is. Uh, there's a possibility that he was um, on the king's business elsewhere in the empire. Um, there's a possibility he might not have been well. Um, it's, hi- it's highly probable the king did send him away because he knew that Daniel knew what the image was really like. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we don't know. We could speculate, but Daniel was definitely not there. Um, he was not one of those that bowed. We know for sure because of of Daniel's stand in Daniel chapter six. So yeah. that tells us very clearly that Daniel he wasn't going to go and um, yeah go along with this law. Yeah, so again, the music plays, everybody bows, but there, silhouetted against the sky, are three young people, three mm. young men who don't bow, and they, they stand up, and when they stand up, their witness for Jesus actually brings them together too, mm. which is a really beautiful thing. Amen. Um, and how easy it would have been to bow down. Oh. Like, well, to, that, they could have done their shoelaces up. Exactly. You Drop know. your watch. <laughs> bend down. Drop your phone. Yeah. Pick it up. <laughs> um, but they didn't. No. And they stood tall. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a, a powerful illustration for those who will be living at the end of time, who will seek also by God's grace to stand up um, when, when the real test comes. Amen. Shall we keep reading? Yeah, go for it. So the I think Bible, we're in verse 13 now. All right, verse 13. The Bible says the Nebuchadnezzar in rage and fury gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Verse 14, Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready, verse 15, at the time you hear the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, you you fall down and worship the image which I have made good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning Fiery 
furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Mm. This is fascinating, um, Sharissa, in that uh, the king is giving them a second chance. He's giving them a second chance. That is that that completely goes against um, King Nebuchadnezzar and the way his character is portrayed in history and even in scripture. And so he obviously valued these three young men. Mm. Um, we know that from the previous two chapters how much he valued them. So he he doesn't want to lose them. Good point. And he wants to give them another opportunity. Yeah, so true. So did they take that opportunity? Did they reconsider? All right. Here it comes. We'll we'll, we'll continue reading. So we're in verse 16. Correct. Read down to verse 18. Verse 16 to 18, this is really the central passage in the whole chapter. So I hope you're really listening up as we uh, plunge into the very heart of this chapter. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, We have no need to answer you in this matter. If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Wow. Beautiful. We could spend the next three hours <laughs> on these couple of verses. Um, uh, this for me, this for me really is um, an end time passage like no other when it comes to making a stand mm. um, for God at the end of time. Mm-hmm. Because we know that at the end of time, according to the book of Revelation, there will be another death decree. Those that do not bow down to the image uh, that is set up at the end of time when once again um, the state will dictate um, uh, will, will dictate spirituality or will meddle and, um, and, and seek to legislate where they have no right, which is in, in matters of faith, uh, this will be uh, a testing time at the end of time. And here we have these three Hebrews that make it clear to the king, our God, whom we serve, he can deliver us. But if he chooses not to, we will continue to be faithful to our God. Rain, hail, or shine. Yeah, it, it is a very stirring verse to read and an encouragement for us to stand up when the world might bow down to other ideas that are not God's. Uh, the thing that strikes me about this is that they didn't need any time for second thoughts. Mm. They didn't ask for a lawyer. And they were so united in their decision that when one spoke, he spoke for them all. Like the other one didn't, Shadrach didn't say, say hang on a minute, Abednego, I, I don't actually agree with that. <laughs> they were all so united, so decided in their decision that they they knew what they were going to do before it happened. Yeah. And That's because yes. they had purposed in their heart. Yes. In Daniel 1 verse 8 that they would not defile themselves, That's right. um, that they would be, True and faithful to God, no matter what the cost. And um, and I and I love the part where they say our God can deliver us because, uh, you know, they were delivered as we as we continue to read the story. Daniel was delivered. God delivered many others. I mean, Jacob was delivered from the hand of his brother Esau, who came against him. But there were many who were not delivered. Um, you know, read the Jesus. Book of Hebrews. Yeah, read the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter eleven. Yeah, James. 
um, one of Jesus' disciples, he was uh, the first disciple martyred, so he wasn't delivered. Mm. And all the others, um, based on what we know from history, also lost their lives. I just think that's worth, that point you've just made is worth underlining again for our listeners because there are some decisions which unless we make them ahead of time, guess what? We're just never going to make Mm. them. We have to decide today to follow Jesus, today to be faithful because these young men had decided ahead of time that they would not compromise their integrity with God at all. And it's interesting, uh, they made a decision not to compromise their faith in God in the area of diet to begin with. And now, and now the heat is is being turned up in yeah. a literal sense, um, and they're ready. They're ready because they made that first decision when it comes to diet. And uh, and it's interesting that it was uh, it was in relation to diet where the human race came undone at the very beginning of time in the Garden of Eden. It was diet. It was it was a piece of fruit, mm-hmm. a forbidden piece of fruit, and that is where Jesus won the victory in the very first temptation that came before him um, in the wilderness. And here these Hebrews, uh, they have learned the lesson um, of being faithful in the small things and then when the big things come along, you will be faithful once again. Amen. I I think that's also a really good point. Having faith in God in those little tests, preparing you for the bigger tests, because faith isn't always, faith isn't a feeling. It's a relationship with God, trusting Him as a friend and knowing that He will never harm or hurt me and that I can trust Him no matter what. Mm, Amen. Amen. And, you know, knowing that God is with us, you know, the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus said, I'm with you always to the end of time. They knew Mm -hmm. that God was with them. Mm. Um, they, They had that assurance that they were safe and secure in His hands. And so they were not afraid. There's no fear at all in their words. It's amazing. And uh, just thinking about all those who love God, and as you read the Bible, Daniel had faith in the lion's den. Uh, Moses had faith when he led the Israelites through the Red Sea. Stephen had faith when they were stoning him. Jesus had faith when he hung on the cross with nails in his hands. When Peter had denied him and the scribes and the elders had reviled him and there was darkness all around him. And here in this chapter, we see that these young men, they too had faith when they were in the fire. And why? Because there was a fourth man there with them. They wouldn't bend, bow, and because of that, they also wouldn't burn. That's actually what this next song is going to be about. It's called The Fourth Man. I think you're going to enjoy it because it's just reinforcing this this very powerful lesson that we're learning. Faith is trusting in God when we cannot see because if we could see, it wouldn't be faith. We hope you enjoy this song. Amen. A story about a miracle that happened long ago We hope that you'll take courage when temptation you meet There's somebody watching you who's strong when you're weak They wouldn't bear They held on to the will of God so we're told They wouldn't bow They would not bow their knees to the idol made of gold They wouldn't burn They were protected by the fourth man in the fire They wouldn't bend They wouldn't bow They wouldn't burn Now the prophet Daniel tells about three men who walked with God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego before the wicked king they stood. And the king commanded them bow and throne in the fiery furnace that day. But the fire was so hot that the men were slain who forced them on their way. 
Now when the three were cast in and the king rose up to witness his awful fate, he began to tremble at what he saw and in astonished tones he spake. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst that fire? Well, lo, I see four men unhurt, unbound, and walking down there. There's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and the fiery coals they trod. And the form of the fourth man that I see is like the Son of God. They held on to the will of God, so we are told. They would not bow their knees to the idol they of gold. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend, they wouldn't bow, they wouldn't burn. God, so we are told they wouldn't bow. They would not bow their knees to the idol made of gold. They wouldn't burn. They were protected by the fourth man in the fire. They wouldn't bend. They wouldn't bow. They wouldn't burn. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Looking Up with Sharissa and Danny, Pastor Danny. And uh, we're looking at Daniel chapter 3, and it's been a good study thus far. We're, mm. We've reached a very pivotal moment in the chapter where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego just said to the king of Babylon that it didn't matter if they threw if he threw them into a burning, fiery furnace, they would not change their decision to Amen. stand tall for God and they would not bow down to the image. And then they said something in verse 18, which we started to unpack, but we could probably add just one or two more things. I'll read it again. It says, but if not, that is, if, if God does not deliver us from this furnace, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. And, you know, as we're about to see, God does something incredible in the next few verses, but not everyone that has had this kind of complete trust in God has been delivered from furnaces of affliction that they have gone through. That's right. Um, I've had the opportunity of visiting a number of uh, places there in Western Europe where individuals were martyred for their faith. I've literally been to, to the place there where John Huss uh, was burnt at the stake. Uh, wow. There is um, a, a, a memorial there, uh, a big stone and a plaque that has his name. Uh, he was martyred there, and, uh, and there was also uh, his 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 sidekick um, who was martyred there with him. Um, can't exactly remember. Was it Jerome? Um, was it Jerome? I can't remember. Sounds uh, like a name that goes with us. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Jerome. Anyway, and they were both martyred together. And so you have you have individuals who lost their lives, who who sadly wasted away in prison during the Middle and Dark Ages, and you have others who were rescued, miraculously rescued by God. One of them is Martin Luther. You know, coming um, coming home after the Diet of Worms in 1521, um, he was taken, he was kidnapped by friends and he was taken to the Wartburg Castle where he wrote the, you know, the, the German New Testament. He wrote the New Testament in German and his life was preserved and uh, he didn't die a martyr's death, Martin Luther. However, many did. And so there are times when God intervenes 
and he saves. Uh, there are other times when God allows individuals to, to die a martyr's death, and the book of Revelation speaks of that. Uh, the book of Revelation speaks of the martyrs who, uh, you know, have lost their lives and uh, who are waiting, you know, the coming of Jesus. So, I mean, Jesus himself, mm. he was a martyr. Uh, yes. His father didn't preserve his life. And what did Jesus pray in the Garden of Eden? I mean, like, not the Garden of Eden, the Garden of Gethsemane. <laughs> it, was, it, it would have been nice if it was the Garden of Eden, but the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus prayed, Father, let this cup pass away from me, and he's talking about the sufferings that he would encounter, you know, the the sins of the whole world placed upon him. That's what that cup was filled. Mm. But he but he added, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Mm. And so uh, that's the prayer I believe we need to pray. Father, you know, take this cup away from me, this cup of suffering that we may be asked uh, to go through because of our faith in God and our trust in God and our willingness to be loyal for Him and stand for Him no matter what, no matter if the heavens fall. But also we need to add, Father, uh, for Your honour and glory, may Your will be done. Amen. That's a really powerful point and... Um I want to make that a prayer of my life. Mm, amen. And, I mean, you know, we talked about it earlier, Sharissa. We talked about it in that, um, you know, this legislation that has kicked in in Victoria. Even though we live here in New South Wales. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, we, we can be implicated. Uh, I had someone ask me uh, some time ago and they said, Danny, would you still be willing to pray for someone who asked you for prayer, um, who wanted to draw nearer to Christ, their lifestyle was not in harmony with God's will and God's word, they were convicted, they wanted prayer, they wanted to change their ways by the grace and by the miracle working power of God. Would you be willing to pray for them if that meant that you could potentially you know, go to jail even? And I said, absolutely, by the grace of God, I would be willing to. And um, if that means that I've got to suffer for the sake of Christ, so be it. It would be a privilege. It would be a pleasure. Not that I want to go to jail. Don't misunderstand me. Um, <laughs> some might want me to go to jail. <laughs> um, I don't want you. No, but um, I wonder if we could do Faith FM from prison. <laughs> I wonder if that would allow the studio set up there in the, in the local prison. But, but really, you know, we ought to... We ought to have that same attitude. Um, and by God's grace, we alone can have that attitude. And look, I, I do want to say that it's, it's not our place to be arrogant, um, to, to, be, to be rude in, in making a stand for God. We need to be loving, kind. The Bible says share the truth in love. And we need to share it in a very humble, in a very kind way. But at the same time, we need to share the truth. And um, sometimes uh, the truth can have um, consequences. So true. And there's just so much that's so significant for right now in this chapter. I'm really keen for us to see what happens next. Yes. Do you want to read? Oh, I think oh, you, you should read. read? Yeah, yeah, I probably said enough. <laughs> All right, <laughs> Give yeah. the listeners a break from my voice. <laughs> All right. Sorry, folks, you're stuck with me. Uh, verse 19, I think, is that where we're up to? Yes. Yep, 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times hotter, seven times more than it was usually heated. Sorry. 
Um, and he commanded, verse 20, certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. I love how every time the Bible mentions the fiery furnace, it's the burning, fiery <laughs> furnace. <laughs> Just to underscore the It point. was real. Yeah, underline it. Um, is there anything you want to pull out? Of oh, that? no, I think if you keep reading all the way to verse 23, then we can maybe unpack. Okay, all right. Um, verse 21, then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. I hope we get the point. <laughs> it was a hot furnace and um, it was real and it was very hot. My question is, how do you measure seven times hotter? I think uh, that the Bible here is is using um, symbolic language uh, to, 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 to share a message that it was heated uh, as much as it could be heated, because seven is the number of perfection in the Bible, the number of completeness. Mm. And so I believe that uh, the author here, Daniel, is seeking to share a message that the king could not heat this furnace any hotter. Okay. It's, he, this he, was a time of trouble. Such he as pumped never was. it up. <laughs> he pumped up the, the furnace to the point where it could not be any hotter and you made a very good point that I've never really thought of in Daniel 12.1. It says that the time of trouble at the end of time, when the plagues are falling uh, upon, sadly, those that have chosen to receive the mark of the beast and haven't got the seal of God, it says it will be a time of trouble such as the world has not seen. So this is a very good connecting point to that. And this was yeah, a time of trouble such as the boys had never experienced before. Mm. Yeah, I, I have heard one other thought. I don't know what you think about it. <laughs> I should say it on air, but I'll just say it anyway. You go can for tell it, me go for it. <laughs> you can tell if it's possible. But I wonder if there was a reason he selected the number seven because the Babylonian, well, you've already said it's a number of completeness, but also the Babylonians invented the hexadecimal system mm -hmm. based on the number six. And it was just the thought that I heard someone share. Could it be that he was also attempting to mock the God of the Hebrews who worshipped him on the seventh day Sabbath? Mm. It's just a thought. I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not quite sure about that. But could it be? <laughs> Could it be, um, taking on board what you're saying, that Daniel understands and knows full well that seven is God's number mm. and he is um, and he is now countering all the sixes that we have in the image and he's saying you can heat up this uh, furnace to perfection. Yes. But God has a way forward. He has a way mm. to deliver. There is nothing that man can do that 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 will you know hinder God from doing what He does, um, what He's able to do. And I've I've heard this saying. I think someone wrote it. I'm not sure if um if that writer was um, Ellen White or not. But I, I remember hearing these words: um, God's sorry, man's extremity is God's opportunity. Mm. 
You heard that? Yeah, that's a uh, good one. I'm not, not sure if that's something that she wrote, but it's very powerful. A man's extremity is God's opportunity. This is when God shines, when our backs are against the wall, when, when the furnace in our lives because of our faith in God has been heated to perfection yes. and we feel completely, uh, completely lost and powerless. We are down and out. That is when God has an opportunity to shine. I love that. And it reminds me of a verse in Psalm 12, verse 6, where the Bible says, The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. Mm, amen. So, so when we go through the furnaces of affliction, God's He's purifying us. He's, mm, indeed. he's burning away the chaff of this world to, to prepare us for His eternal home. Something that we should probably talk about too is what happens to the guards who commit these guys to the flames. Um, the Bible says that they fall down. Yeah. And they they didn't even go inside. No, they, they didn't get to the fire. No. They, they breathed in the boiling gases before they got there and, and died. And these were not weak men. These were mighty men. So there's, it's very interesting. I just thought we should note that. No, it is. It's, it's an important point that, that is raised here, that this was a real fire. Yeah. And you know what this also tells us? For, from a devotional perspective, that the greatest trials that we experience in this life will destroy us unless we are willing to go all the way with Jesus, even into the furnace. Mm-hmm. So if we don't have Jesus, yeah, we could be overcome by the fires, the trials. But when we have Jesus, he can walk us even into the furnace and it's not going to be well, we're about to see what it's going to be, but it's 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 not going to be hot. Mm. But the Bible also says that God dwells um, in fire. You know, um, those who dwell with God will dwell, you know, in the midst of a fire. You know, so the yeah. sea of glass is like fire. Yes. And so we have, yeah, we have a symbol of God, a picture of God as one who dwells in fire, and those who dwell with Him dwell in this in this fire, and they will never be burnt. Amen. And that is one of the reasons why uh, the wicked at the end of time, uh, they are destroyed by the brightness of his coming. Yes. Because they haven't learned to dwell with Christ in his presence. Amen. There was a verse I was trying to think of that that agreed with that, but never mind. It's, it's a good point. So uh, let's keep reading, mm. shall we? Yes. Do you want to read the next part? Okay, then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Am I, am I reading? Uh, yep, yeah, verse 24, yep. yep. Um, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Then, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Wow. (laughs) I love that. Nebuchadnezzar does a quick head count. (laughs) And he sees four, not three, in the furnace. And he comes to the conclusion that it appears that he is like the Son of God. Now, how did he know? It is because of the witness of Daniel and his friends. He understood um, from them that they served this God of heaven, Jesus Christ. And we're going to come back to that. Amen. We have to come back to that. We've got a beautiful song by Sandra Enterman coming up. It's called Faithful Men. May God help us because the Lord is calling for faithful men and women and children to stand strong in little and big things. Amen. 
everyone you're listening to a repeat of our live show looking up that's right and if you think this is good you'll definitely want to tune in on wednesdays at 3 30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate there's a free giveaway that you can claim you can text in your questions and prayer requests live is so much more fun so catch you then did you know that 80 percent of faith fm's operating budget comes from supporters like you it takes 700 people just like you giving just a dollar a day to keep us running. Visit faithfm.com.au slash donate and partner with Faith FM today. And for just a dollar a day, together, we can reach Australia with life-changing messages of hope. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Welcome back, everyone. We are almost at the end of the Looking Up show today, but we're excited because it's been such a good study in God's Word. We're up to Daniel chapter 3, and we're actually up to verse 26. But just to recap what just happened, Nebuchadnezzar had three young people, three young men thrown into a burning fiery furnace and when he looked in after he they were thrown in he saw four not three in the fire and the form of the fourth you just made a good point pastor danny resembled the son of god to him and it was because he had seen experienced the witness of these young people in the babylonian court that he recognized that the form of the fourth was that amen and and another point from from what's taking place here and uh, this is a very important spiritual application to all of us, uh, very practical, and that is that when the fire is turned up the most in our lives because of our faith in Jesus, that's when Jesus is closest to us. Amen. These three boys 
did never before this or after this experience the closeness of Jesus as they did in the fiery furnace. So Jesus was closer to them in the fiery furnace than he was outside of the fiery furnace. Um, As in he was right there. They could see him. He was right there. Well, we don't quite know whether they could see him or not but he was right there in the midst of it and um and for me for me this tells me that uh when I'm when when things are going well or things are not going so well um Jesus is with me but I especially experience the closeness of Jesus in my life when things are not going well and we praise the Lord for that and that's and that's all the way through scripture we are safer with Jesus in the fire than we are outside amen Amen. Beautiful point. Well, the deliverance is about to come, and uh, he's already delivered them in the fire. But notice with me, um, verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire, and the satraps, administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together, and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Wow, this is powerful. This reminds me, um, Sharissa, of what's going to take place at the end of time. At the end of time, when the seven last plagues fall upon all those that have rejected God and his love and his truth, um, God's people will be shielded from those seven last plagues, just like the children of Israel were shielded from the last seven of the ten plagues that fell upon Egypt. And Psalm 91, we don't have time to go there, but Psalm 91 is a chapter that deals with God's deliverance. So God will deliver his people once again at the end of time and uh, they will not um, suffer in any way during the time of trouble such as this world has never seen, which will be the seven last plagues. God's going to deliver his people who have been faithful to him and stood up when the image was erected, which we'll discover in Revelation 13. We'll talk about that one day. But they were faithful when the image was stood up. They were willing to suffer during that time. And then when the seven last plagues begin, they are protected, just like these three boys were protected in the fiery furnace by Jesus. The, the parallels are just so powerful. Very strong. And I just think the protection of God is something really amazing too in this passage because they didn't even smell of smoke. No, nothing. <laughs> that nothing was singed on their person. Not even the hair of their head was singed. Uh, all the fire does is actually burn away the ropes that had bound them. That's right. That's all. And uh, I, I actually wrote in my Bible from listening to a preacher who I who preached on this, and he said, "The fiery trials burn the bands that bind us to earth, giving us a longing for eternity." Oh, that's nice, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah. You want to repeat that? That's powerful. The fiery trials burn the bands that bind us to earth, giving us a longing for eternity. Mm, amen. And so uh, that's exactly what they found. They found that God was, he freed them in the fire from Mm. those bands. Well, uh, verse 28. Do you want to read that? Sure. So here we go. We're towards the end of the chapter. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, Blessed be the God 
of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angel, capital A, and we'll, we'll, we'll look at that, and delivered his servants who trusted in him, and they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made an ash heap, because there is no other god who can deliver like this. That's powerful. You know, if, uh, if, uh, if, if Nebuchadnezzar can say something like this and have this kind of realization, then anyone can come to realize that there is a God who is able to deliver. And it's interesting that um, King Nebuchadnezzar here, um, he, he blesses the God who sent his angel, capital A. And when we have um, capital A, angel, mentioned in the Old Testament, it is a, a reference to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that Jesus Christ is an angel. Um, don't don't mistake that for one moment. But Jesus Christ, he is Michael the archangel, the leader of the angels. So he is the chief of command when it comes to the angel. And uh, so here is Jesus Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And, and that connects with... Um, with what King Nebuchadnezzar said earlier, one for, there is a fourth like the Son of God. And the Son of God is um, in Daniel chapter 7, and it was one of Jesus' favorite terms uh, for himself. And the scriptures use in the New Testament the Son of God to refer to Jesus. So here we have Jesus who is in the midst of his people. And... Um, and it's interesting, Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, if I could just read Daniel chapter 12, verse 1, and it really connects with this verse. And we've spoken about this time of trouble, such as the world has, has never seen, which is a description of the seven last plagues. And notice what it says in Daniel 12, verse 1, and it says, And at that time, speaking of the time of trouble, at the very end of time, Michael shall stand up, and that's um, code language, for, or a symbol for Jesus Christ, because Michael means one who is like God or one who is God. So that that, that cannot be an angel. Um, that alone can be Jesus Christ. But then it goes on. Michael shall stand up. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation before that, even to that time. And at that time your people shall be, what's that word? delivered everyone who is found written in the book. So once again, at the end of time, just like in the day of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, God will deliver his people. He will deliver them. Uh, There will be those that will be martyred uh, before the seven last plagues and the close of probation takes place. We know that from Revelation chapter 13. There will be a no buy, no sell um, as well for those who seek to be faithful to God. But God will deliver his people. And at the end of time, um, God will once again, he'll be faithful mm. and he'll come through. Mm. Yeah, I was just got a bit lost in thought just thinking about the 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 incredible thing that you just talked about right there and how significant it is for us living as we wait for Jesus to come, mm. knowing that, you know, difficult times will come, but even more than that, that Jesus is with us through those and, you know, having that but-if-not faith 
where we can trust God no matter what, because ultimately the greatest deliverance is coming when Jesus comes. And uh, he will, death is no, no problem for him. He will raise his beloved friends from their, their graves. So. Absolutely. We've got nothing to be afraid of. We've got nothing to be afraid of. Uh, I think of the words of Jesus um, immediately prior to his own fiery furnace um, in Gethsemane and then Golgotha. And this is what Jesus shared with his disciples in John 16, verse 33. Jesus said to his disciples, and he says that to us today, his disciples in 2021, these things, he's speaking of of the time when um, he will suffer in the previous verses. He says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, or let's say trials, Mm -hmm. suffering, Mm -hmm. you know, furnace, but Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. So Jesus says, in me you will have peace. No matter what happens, in me you will have peace, because I have overcome the world. And that's the good news. Because Jesus overcame the fiery uh, furnace, the ultimate fiery furnace, because Jesus overcame that on Calvary, no matter what furnace comes our way, big or small or somewhere in between, we can have peace. We can have peace in the storms of life because Jesus Christ has conquered and through him we can conquer and we can have peace. And that is why, Sharissa, uh, when martyrs were were going to their death, when they were being burnt at the stake or they were being ripped apart by the lions in the Colosseum, as they were marched to their deaths, uh, eyewitness accounts record of, of peace uh, written on their faces and a song, not only in their heart, but they were literally singing hymns and praising God as they were going to their martyr's death. And that tells me that when Jesus is in the heart, you know, um, you can have that peace that passes all understanding. Amen. And I think, you know, thinking along those lines, the greatest need in our world today is for men and women, young people, children who have been transformed by the grace of God so that they are willing to take a stand for him, as you've just described right there. And uh, we certainly can pray that God would help us to be faithful. And, you know, I think, too, if God ever calls us to go through a furnace as big as this one, like this, then God will provide the strength we also need. He'll provide that angel, capital A, He'll provide to be himself. with us. Exactly. <laughs> he, himself will go with um, us. he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you yes. every step of the way, um, all the way to the end of time. I think of Martin Luther. I've had the privilege of going to Germany and going to the city of Worms, W-O-R-M-S. Not, uh, we, not Worms. Not Worms. <laughs> the city of Worms where Martin Luther was uh, brought before uh, the monarch of Germany and um, the Church of Rome. And uh, there he was asked to give an account and to, and to, and to give a defense for what he had written. And I love his words. I've, I've been there in the, in the city of Worms at the very place where he gave his stand. And I love his words. And, um, and I'll just quote him here just, just briefly towards the end of what he said. He says, basically, um, my judgment is, is in subjection to God's word. I neither can nor will retract anything for it cannot be safe or honest for a Christian to speak against his conscience. Here I stand, I can do 
no other. May Amen. God help me. Amen. So he made Amen. a stand based on the word of God. Amen. Well, Pastor Danny, we should probably start to wrap this this section up of our Bible study. We've come to the end. Unfortunately, it's uh, flown by. It has. <laughs> but we're at the end of our we're at the end of our study. We indeed. made it to the end of the chapter. Indeed. <laughs> and next week we'll continue with chapter four, I guess. Amen. So at the end of this chapter, Daniel's friends are once again promoted by the king. Um, he seems to do that at the end of at the end of each um, story. He promoted them in his kingdom. And God will ultimately promote his faithful people, not in the kingdoms of man, but in the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And, you know, this next song is by Carly Fletcher. It's called, Will You Stand? In our story, we've seen that God saved the three Hebrew worthies, but there has been many, as we've discussed, that have stood even unto death. Will you stand firmly on the Bible alone? You need to know it well enough to have that strength. Let's listen. The three friends refused to bow down Like everyone else in the crowd Whether they lived or died They would worship their God And He stood with them through the fire like the reformers of old They stood only for their God His word was their cry They would not deny They gave up their lives in the fire Will you stand Choose God or man, will you stand? Will you stand? Will you stand on the Bible alone? Jesus hung painfully. Choose God or man Will 
Appeal and song from Carly Fletcher. Will you stand on the Bible alone? Well, Pastor Danny, as we wrap up our Looking Up show, welcome our listeners back. What are our take home thoughts or lessons that we've learnt from today? Well, for me, the, the big one is that no matter what fiery trial you may be going through right now or you will go through in the future, You do not need to be afraid. You can um, stand up for Jesus because you know for certain that Jesus is going to stand up for you. So as you stand up, you need to picture in your mind and in your heart that Jesus is there standing up with you. And ultimately, Jesus said, if you stand for me before men, I will stand up for you before my Father who art in heaven. That were the words of Jesus while he was here on this planet. So I want to encourage our listeners, yeah, just put your faith and trust in Jesus. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And do not fear the one who destroys the body. Um, But as Jesus said, you know, put your faith and trust in him and uh, there is nothing to be afraid of because there is a resurrection coming. Even if our lives are taken away, there is a resurrection coming. That's a very beautiful thought, and I, I guess, and for me, the thing that another thing that stands out from our study today is that because they had determined ahead of time, mm, because amen. they had uh, made a decision ahead of time that they would be faithful no matter what, when the test came. They didn't have to um and ah, oh, should I, shouldn't I? They already knew. They had Mm. their answer. And I guess for all of us, that's a lesson too, to decide today to give our all to Jesus, to decide today to give him 100% of our hearts and to surrender our will to him because that makes life so much simpler. Amen, amen. Yeah, I I like to the thought that, you know, a a storm or a crisis, it doesn't create or build character. It simply reveals it. And this crisis moment in their lives revealed their characters and their love for God. Amen. And God was glorified through it. He most certainly was. Well, it's been such a joy to study with you all, and we hope that you've been blessed by the study. And I don't know if there's someone who's listening who might be interested in learning and studying more. Maybe you're even interested in studying with somebody, uh, maybe a local Faith FM rep in your area. We would love to hear from you. And if you have any comments or questions, we'd love to hear from you also. But we also want to make you aware of a free offer that is 
Coming with today's program, it's a special one. It's called Visions and Dreams. And this is for the first in, the first person to call or text us on 0491 You can text us there or you can call us on 1-800-324-843. And the book is called Visions and Dreams. It's by Jack Blanco. And it's, it's a fresh look at the book of Daniel and Revelation. And as we've been looking through uh, chapter 3 of the book of Daniel, Daniel today, we've seen that Revelation and Daniel, these two books go hand in hand in many ways. Amen. So many Amen. parallels. So if you would like to know more, you will want to get your hand on that book. So don't hesitate to text or call us here at Faith FM. As we wrap up, Pastor Danny, we did tell our listeners that uh, we would love to pray for them at the end of our program if there's any requests. And so I'd like to invite you to close. Sure. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity we've had to study your word. We thank you that you are always there with us, no matter what we are going through, and that we can put our complete faith and trust in you. Help us to continue to be faithful to you today and every day until we see you in the clouds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, again, it's been such a joy to have you joining us on this episode of Looking Up. We will be back again live this time next Wednesday. And at this next moment, you're about to go live to South Australia for the Drive Time Show with Gary. May God bless you and keep looking up. Amen. Don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. Should the tears begin to start? With a prayer, all your cares he will cast into the depths of the sea. His love is always there for